Hey, everybody. This is John. With me is Matt tonight. Hey, what's up, everyone? So, to, on today's episode, okay, we're going to be doing part two of Super Fight, which is going to be a lovely, hopefully, round that we're going to be going against each other, basically taking turns on who would we think would win in a fight. So, having a person and having a weakness or multiple weaknesses or powers, depending on what you get, right? So on top of that, we're also going to be talking about Marvel Phase 2, right? So that's going to be an important topic because most of this is going to be, again, part of our series that we're doing. We're going to be doing a five-part series, possibly a six, depending on if we need to, but I, I highly doubt it. But when it comes down to our podcast, right? So anyone who's new to this podcast, it's, again, two, two geeks like to talk about geek culture itself, and we also like to do ridiculous things, so like playing, you know, different games like we're doing right now with Super Fight. So keep in mind, you know, what we say on here, it, you know, it, it can sound a little ridiculous at times, but you know what? Again, we're passionate about what we do, right? Because, you know, we're with, with our 45 listeners clearly right now, you know, or hopefully more, maybe at some point, because, you know, we, we wouldn't want to have a bigger following than, you know, what we have. So, you know, when it comes down to today, you know, I'm going to let Matt do his little portion because I think this is going to be a, a really good one. So go ahead, Matt. All right. For the 45 listeners listening at home and the less than 1% in Ireland, let's get geeky. All right, John. So we got Super Fight Round 2. And hopefully this one's a little bit more interesting than uh, having a psychic and a disembodied head. And we already clearly know who won that round. Your boy, John, over here, because, you know, clearly, uh, you know, a psychic that had kung fu powers. And yes, who was afraid of water versus a <laughs> discombobulated head with vertigo and who basically had stickiness all over his body? So, again... You guys, hopefully the listeners, can let us know who actually won that round, but I'm going to say Gig of the Week was me. But it's up to debate. But anyways, so Matt, I'm going to start. So John's going to pick three cards from the deck, and these are the white cards that will determine who our characters are, and they're, he's going to pick them face down so we don't know who we're picking right at the, you know, right out of the gate. So go ahead, Matt. I pick my three. You pick your three. No cheating now. He's like, yeah, I want, I want that, that winner. Like, I just want to win one time. I'm like, well, I guess we'll find out with our random picks. So here we go. All right. I'm going to choose right in the middle. Here we go. Ooh. I got the crow. The crow. Oh, boy. I got the crow, baby. All right. So I got one, two, or three here. I'm going to go with number three. I have a cheetah. <laughs> and not like not like a Boston like cheetah? Cheetah. Like a like an animal cheetah. Oh, wait. Wait, why did you say Boston? Like that was a very specific thing you just Cause, said there. Cuz you know, I mean, people have that weird accent like they don't say R's so they go Oh, cheetah? Yeah, cheetah. Yeah, you're a cheetah. You're a cheetah. And oh, okay. But so it's it's the animal, the, you know, the cheetah. I, I thought you were calling, you know, Boston fans cheetahs. That's what I thought you said. So you better be careful now. Well, no, don't, don't. I'm telling you right now, whoever's listening, I really hope you get mad for that. 
His number is... No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to give him his phone number. All right, so... All right, so we have the crow versus a cheetah. Right, so now Matt and I are going to pick three black cards as well. So let's see. All right. So John's going to pick his. I'm going to pick... Oh, I already got my three. Perfect. All right, look at that. Now I'm going to pick mine. Oh. oh, I don't know what it is. I'm just kidding. I don't see it. We have a card down, folks. Card down. I don't know what it is. Oh, just kidding. I did, but I barely got to take a chance to look at it. All right. So we each got three black cards. Now, these could be powers or weaknesses. We have no idea, but we're going to pick one. So, John, go ahead. Pick a card. One, two, or three. I'm going to choose three. I'm a little nervous right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so so <laughs> i'm wearing an, an impenetrable tuxedo an impenetrable tuxedo that that's that's why i laughed because i i don't really quite get what it, what it would do so i mean like is it like bulletproof is it well it's impenetrable i mean i i get it but like it, it it can mean so many different things though. So I, I'm I'm I don't know. We're gonna find out. Go ahead, Matt. Okay, so I'm gonna pick right in the middle. <laughs> Gotta be kidding me. Okay, what is it? Because now I, I have like the worst. You have the worst luck. Luck with this game so far. <laughs> Please, then I want to know what is it? Because you have what is it? A cheetah and like I don't know how this could get any worse for me. Uh, you got to tell me now, because this is really... So, I apparently have a cheetah who is made of paper. Oh, paper. Oh, this is going to be great. Look at it. I got the crow wearing an impenetrable tuxedo, and he's got a cheetah. Made of paper. Lovely. And we got to wow. choose one more set. One more set of black cards. All right, so... Unbelievable. A cheetah made of paper. So I got my three. Matt's picking his. All right, here we go. This time, I'm going to choose the very far left from me. Let's see how lucky I can be right this now. This better be unbelievable for I, being I, made I, out of I, paper. I mean, I, I swear. This is, this is a good one. This is a good one. Ready? Frost breath. I don't think it's going to win with paper. I don't think you're going to affect paper. No, I'm, what I'm saying is, is I don't think you're going to win because... It's made out of paper. Unless, unless you can top, if you could top that, please. I'd love to see. But right now, I'm kind of. It's. We'll see. I'll pick this one. All right, you pick I'll that pick one. I'll pick that one. All right, let's see. He's like humming, 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 humming. Oh, I'm gonna be the card. I'm gonna be the card. Be the card. Nope. Okay. Okay. okay so I, I can. I can. I can dig this. Okay, so what is it? I, I, it's it's definitely more of a defensive ability. Okay. And I think as a cheetah, it makes sense. Okay. But I can run 200 miles per hour, but only in a straight line. <laughs> okay, only in a straight line. Okay, so I mean, this is this is an interesting one. I mean, it is a lot more random than the, the last one. So, all right. You know what, Matt? So time one last week, I'm gonna I'm gonna be humble. In, in this debate here. So I'm going to let you go first. So you tell me why a cheetah that is made out of paper and can only run 200 miles an hour in a straight line, why do you think it would win? 
That's interesting because one. Now, mind you, you have the crow wearing an impenetrable tuxedo and it has frost breath. Well, one, I mean, I already have a cheetah that runs fast. Okay. So I can already run faster than, than the crow can run. I mean, yes, clearly. I understand he's a human, but yes. And yes, you have an impenetrable tuxedo, but it doesn't say anything about the shoes. And I understand shoes come with a tuxedo. Well, yes. So, I mean, if you're, if you're thinking about a set, right? But it also doesn't say anything about your head. You're right. It doesn't say, but what does that have to do with you running fast and, and made out of paper? Because the one thing that you have is you have frost breath. Mm-hmm. And I'm made out of paper. So I'm not a natural cheetah. We can agree to this, right? I, I can agree that it's not a natural cheetah. But I'm not a natural cheetah. So if you use your frost breath on me, I then become a much harder material. True, but then let's think of it like this. So if I used my frost breath on you, okay, and you were to slow down, because I don't think it's going to go anywhere, and you're made out of paper, yes, you are a harder substance, but I don't think that... I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think a paper made out of a cheetah who can only run in a straight line. So if, if I was to catch you and you were to slow down, I don't know how, how quick you're going to be at that point. That's if you can catch me going 200 miles an hour. Because I can guarantee at 200 miles an hour, if I jump at your head, your head's gone. I guess it depends. Because if if I could, if I know you're you're running in a straight line and I clearly see a line coming at me, you don't think I can't just move to the right or the left? Not at 200 miles an hour. No, but if I clearly see that there's a like a like a debris coming this way, you don't think I can't move real quick out of the way? It's still possible, but I mean, my cheetah still runs really fast without being at 200 miles an hour. But okay, ready? Watch this. Now, let me throw this out there. So what if I knew you were coming, and I just so happened to freeze the ground? Then what? You're gonna slide. You're not. You're gonna be slipping and sliding everywhere because it it doesn't matter how fast you're going. It depends on how much ground you're freezing. Because I'm also a cheetah, so I do have reflexes like a cat. True, but if it can only run 200 miles an hour in a straight line, and it doesn't say anything about jumping. But cheetahs can still run 30, 40 miles an hour. So I can still run really fast. And I have reflexes of a cat. So even if I slip, you're not going to freeze every single part of the ground around you. Depends on how, how powerful my frost breath is. You know, so like that, it, it's a very generalized statement. That's the problem because it's not, because you, you're right. I'm not saying that a cheetah doesn't have those reflexes, but at the end of the day, I don't know exactly how well that's going to work for you. So even if I did, let's make it, let's say if I made a circle around me or even like a bigger circle around me, right? And I was to so happen to get out of the way and you were to slip. And yes, I understand that cheetahs have reflexes. I'm just, look, all I'm saying is. You still got to try to catch me. Right. But, uh, but then I don't really have to catch you because again, let's say it also depends. Like the one thing that we didn't mention is that there is also a card that will allow you to choose locations because we didn't, we haven't really chose a location because we can just make 
locations as we want. So, I don't know. Let's say we were in a train yard. Okay. Because, okay. Because, right? Because, you know, if you're running in a straight line, 200 miles an hour, and let's say we're on a ra- like a railroad track and, you know, train yard, whatever, right? It really depends on, let's say, if I froze the railroad tracks, right? And you were so happened to be running on them. Then what? I mean, sure, I'd slip, but 10 to 1, I probably wouldn't be coming at you from head on. Because as a cheetah, I'd be hunting you. I wouldn't be coming at you from head on, and you wouldn't be seeing me. I would be hunting you. True. But again, the one thing I'm trying to say is that even even at 200 miles an hour, there's going to be some kind of debris, something that would let me know that something's coming my way. If I was running that fast, what, what I'm saying is you won't see me coming because I'm going to be hunting you. And that's fine. You can use your natural instincts all you want. And you being the crow doesn't matter. No, I understand. Like you still don't have like the instincts that I have. Right. I, I can smell you coming. Which and is... you can use your stinky frost breath all you want. Oh, oh my stinky. I, okay. I can still smell you. So even if... But your paper. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I'm made out of. I, I don't know. Are we basing it off of it, it being that you're made out of paper? Or are we basing it off of like natural instincts of a cheetah? Well, I'm made out of paper. Right. You're made out of paper, which we've already established. Right. But even being made out of paper, I'm, I'm still a cheetah. So I'm, I'm still going to hunt you like a cheetah would. I'm still going to be chasing you down and trying to get at, get at you. The same way a cheetah would. See, I'm not saying it's not going to be an uphill battle for just one single cheetah made out of paper. Because I, I again, I, I, right now I, I think we're we're trying to debate, and the problem is, is we keep bringing up the same things, and we're really I feel like we're almost at a stalemate because we're not like we're not agreeing that you know one is going to win over the other. I think in some regards that you know the cheetah might have more of an advantage because yes if we're using the natural instincts because of that sure i could see that the cheetah could potentially kill me from my head or my feet if the you know the shoes don't you know count as impenetrable but right and then i could you know flip it if i found a way to you know freeze the ground or or whatever right and you would let's say again you i don't know I freeze the ground, you start slipping and sliding. You can try to jump all you want, depending on how quick you might be. You know, if let's say a train's coming, <laughs> and again, you're made out of paper, it, it, you're kind of, there's not going to be much you can do. I mean, at that point, you're going to be rolled over, and it's going to be all crushed up. And Well, like I said, you really have to have a lot of breath in you to freeze that much of an area. Look, I understand I have to be like Iceman, basically, to be like freezing the ground around me. but. Again, if we're just basing it off of, yes, my stinky frost breath, as you like to call it, it you're right. It, it all depends on if I'm like Jack Frost and like, you know, and blowing the whole ground with just ice alone. Or if it's just like, you know, it's like a, like a mist coming out of my mouth. Like I, I, I would assume that you would have semi-natural breathing patterns. I mean, you are the crow, but you're not Superman. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, you're not just going to be able to breathe frost breath indefinitely. No, I. Right. I understand I can't breathe it indefinitely, but so again, I how about we say this? I I think right now we're both at a draw. 
I, I think I think you're right. I mean, it's because it, it's it is tough. Because like I think a natural cheetah, yes, like your your frost breath could impact a cheetah in that way because it's going to have natural body processes like the heart and all of that stuff, muscles that are natural, like you and I. Where right. if we get cold, we slow down. Right. But now you're talking something that's made of paper. All it's going to do is stiffen up and get harder. So if that, if that cheetah that's made out of paper is already running that fast, even at 30, 40 miles an hour, it's already going to have those wrinkles in it. You know what I mean? It's already going to have like those, those movements. So it's only going to make it that much more stiffer. Right. And yeah, you might say like, yeah, it might slow down a little bit. But I'm also probably not going to come at you head first like a bear would or another animal. I'm going to sneak around you like a cat would. Well, then you better not be going 200 miles an hour because then you, you, at that point, you'd be like zigzagging back and forth. And you probably wouldn't be going as 200 miles an hour at that point. I think the only reason I would go 200 miles an hour would be to catch up to you because I'm running behind you. Okay. See, and, and I can see that. Now, if you're just naturally, you know, doing the 30, 40, actually, I want to say cheese is actually... Or a lot faster than that. I think they're, they're probably like, a lot faster than that. Sixty or higher. So, yeah, realistically, I mean, if you were just using your natural, you know, abilities as a cheetah, then yes, I would say that you were going to catch me at some point. And, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to bite my head off because of it being a piece of paper. It'd be kind of weird if you know it goes wow wow wow, and then you're like, are you trying to bite? Well, me I mean, off? I think I probably try to go for your legs or your arms. But once I, I think I realize that I can't bite into your, your clothes, <laughs> right. I'm going to go for something that I can bite, which would be your hands right? But or your head. So the thing is, though, is that if you're made of paper, how hard do you think you're going to bite me? Because you're, even if you try to go for my head or my, my hands or my, my feet at that point, like I, I don't know how hard you're going to bite me. Because if you're paper... I don't think you're going to bite me that hard. It doesn't say how thick the paper is, I'll John. See. Oh, so this is where, see, this is why I keep See, saying. this is this where is the game is really vague because it just says paper. <laughs> All right. So Te why don't we just agree that. Technically, cardboard is paper. I mean, yes. Okay. So, so why, don't we, why don't we come to an agreement? Are, are we saying that we're at a draw? Because I feel like. I think we're a at a draw, but I think what we need is we need our listeners to get on to Facebook and let us know who they think might win this fight. Because this is a tricky one because, yes, it says I'm made out of paper. And I think in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, if I'm made of notebook paper, I'm, I'm not even going to be able to run. <laughs> no. But no. the game doesn't say the thickness of the paper. True. So I think, like what Matt was saying, you guys need to let us know because... You know, him and I could debate this all night, and we'll, I don't want to stay up until, like, midnight tonight, <laughs> so let's not do that. So let you guys you know, go ahead, go on Facebook, go on Instagram, hell, go on our website and let us know. And So, John, real quick. Okay, yep, go ahead. I, I wanted to read some of the black cards that I could have gotten. Okay, so you because know what, let's I, do that. I actually looked at these uh, uh, previously, well, and... I definitely got the luck of the draw here, because. Well, wait. Were those all yours? These were mine. Aren't you supposed to? Have, do you have six? I have four. Well, then that wouldn't make any sense. 
No, two and two. You have four. Well, then, then why do I have six in my hands? Because you picked too many and you cheated. I didn't cheat. Fine, I'll get rid of two that I don't. That doesn't count. Anyways, go ahead. So I don't know what order I got these in, but we picked three of each. Right. And we picked one. Right. So two of them would have been armed with a portal gun. Yeah. Now, come on. That's Rick and Morty right there. I, I could have I could have portaled you somewhere else. Could have, but no. The second one is throws fireballs. Come on. I mean, seriously. <laughs> no, so the best part is you say you get the luck of the draw, but clearly your luck didn't help you in this yeah. case. Laser eyes. Yep, that would have that would have helped. This would have helped last round, and it would have helped this round. And shoots bees from the mouth. That's just gross. But it, all of these would have been super helpful had I had them. Okay. So, ready? Watch this. So, I had has a skunk on a stick. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I one. don't know what. I don't know why that's helpful. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the other one was armed with a barbed wire net. I mean, that could have been okay. That could have been. I mean, you could have caught me. It could have caught you. Yeah. And that would have ripped me to shreds. Yeah. Would have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, leeches opponents. Health when touched. Oh, so like rogue. So yeah. it'd be like a rogue power. Okay. okay. I like that. <laughs> this was just funny. I saw this and I, I just cracked up. Clothes are way too tight. <laughs> oh, so you're you're like a like a one of those new generational guys. Matt, what are you trying to say? Because I'm I'm actually quite confused on what you're trying to say right now. I don't know the name for him. Okay, well, hopefully let's not go there because I, I feel like that can go in so many yeah. different ways. But I will, I'll say these the last two, and then I'll, I know you got two. So yeah. one I have is Killer Marinette. Okay. So that would have been an interesting one. I've been like Jigsaw. Yeah, basically yeah. Jigsaw. And then this one's just a weird one. Cult of Killer Druids. Okay. So definitely would have been interesting. Okay. I had Hockey Player. Which would have been better with, you know, maybe not made out of paper, but yeah, that too. I also had a witch. But, okay. uh, you know, a hockey player that could go 200 miles an hour in a straight line, that would have been super helpful. <laughs> well, that would have just killed me at that point. <laughs> that one, I would have been like, you won. But, so, even the witch, though, I mean, if she was flying on a broom, yeah, I would have been done. <laughs> it's like, I would have been done. All right, so that's round two. I think, yes, I think we end on a draw on this one because I think e it could go either way. Yeah, and I and I think, you know, when we're basing it off of just, you know, the abilities and, you know, me being a human and him being, you know, an animal and things like that, it's really hard to really just get a good, you know, who's the clear winner, you know, right? Because, I mean, hopefully you guys can actually let us know because I'd be curious. Because if I'm King Geek of the Week twice in a row, I'm just going to say this, I will brag about it the entire time. So I... I mean, us ending with a draw, obviously, there's, there's not going to be a Geek of the Week this week. No, but guess what? Who's still the champ? That would be you. Okay. That, well, would, that, would, that would be you. I mean, last okay. week was a clear victory. Okay. Well, I'll say this. I'm, I'm glad Matt's really humble right now, because if we were playing COD, that would not be the case right now. But I will not. Well, like ahead. I said, I mean, this could have gone either way. I mean, the, the Crow does have supernatural abilities, but... Well, so the, the the cheetah is also you know a hunter by nature. So yeah, I mean, in, and again, yeah, it's it's kind of a you can't do much without a head. 
You're right. And, and again, having a psychic ability where, you know, you have Kung Fu. I mean, yeah, I don't have to touch the water, for example. And to add to my debate, it never said how many cheetahs. Okay. If it said cheetahs plural? <laughs> it just said cheetah. But well, it doesn't. It didn't necessarily say there was one. There could have been many. I don't. It, I don't know. Well, then you'd have to look. That up could have the, been vague. You could have. You could have looked up the the plural version of a cheetah. And if it was cheetah, then I would have been like, "Well, then this is really controversial right now." <laughs> hey, if it was just, we'll let our Facebook people decide, and hopefully they'll tell us who won. And maybe those less than one percent, you know, Islanders. I mean, is that how you say it? No, I'm just kidding. No, the Irish, the Irish folks over the there. The Irish folks, the less than one percent. It's the less than one percent. Maybe you guys can let us know too. I'd be curious. But let's get into phase two, Matt, because I think we need to let our listeners know about this. Phase two, yeah. All right. So, like we did in phase one, if you didn't listen to part one, you guys can stop right now and go back to part one. Listen to our phase, our part one summary and then come back to this episode because now i'm going to do the kind of generic phase two summary and it's going to go per movie kind of per characters actually before you go man if you if you haven't listened to you know episode six actually no we're on well this is episode seven my bad if you haven't listened to the the latest one that we'll be dropping I will say this, go back to the first one and actually catch up because I think you'll get a real sense of what we actually talk about here, but I will also be giving commentary. So once Matt's done his, I'll just kind of jump in and, and we'll fill in the blanks. All right. So phase two, we return to Tony Stark, who is briefly traumatized and steps back from the action, only to be drawn back into it by another tech industry figure who makes people explode, kidnaps his girlfriend, boss, Pepper Potts, and kidnaps the president of the United States. And, oh yeah, there's also a faux villain who's really an actor named Trevor. So, if I'm not mistaken in, in Iron Man 3, is it Justin Hammer, right? That's the the main kind of villain in this one? He's like the, the like you were just saying about the industrialist, you know, has the you know, weapons industry as well as like Tony Stark. No, I think that was two. Was it two? Okay. And my bad. Three is the, I don't know what his name is, um, but it was the guy that Tony knew in his past. Well, that's not really helpful right now. Anyways, <laughs> um, so I will say that with this third one, from the, the more defining moments was, you know, Tony actually, I'm not saying that in the, like the first two that he didn't actually like, develop his character but this one it kind of reminded him of why he started this because i know he in this one he actually meets a little kid and right. that well i'm not going to go too far but that little kid's actually somewhat important down the road in one of the movies but you know in this movie itself it it, it actually really defines tony and it actually reminds him of who he is and and why he's doing what he's doing and so i know I want to say, was it this one or the uh, or the second one where he was fighting the the different versions of the Iron Man suits? Like it was multiple of them, and I know War Machine was was helping him fight, you know, off these these like 
That was three. Was it three? Okay, yeah. so I was right. Okay. Because he, he basically has kind of a... He uses the creativeness of himself right. to basically build suits. And you kind of like, okay, well, he's built a couple maybe. And oh. then, you know, you have this kind of epic scene where, you know, the president is hanging up, above, you know, on these cranes. And, you know, Tony's wearing his, you know, suit, trying to get his suit. And he calls all these other, you know, autonomous suits. Right. And there's just one after another, after another, after, and they're all radically different. Right. And and I know that they were all hacked because even though he calls them, I remember like he's trying to call his one main suit that he's been doing because he's on like Mark, I don't know if it was like 20 or something like that. He made a lot of suits in a very short amount of time. And yeah, and that one scene alone, I mean, he's fighting off like easily. 10 to 20 suits. I don't, I can't remember exactly how many, but there was so many that he actually had to call his buddy war machine to come and help him because there was that many, you know, suits flying around trying to like, you know, terrorize the, the people around them and everything else. But, you know, with, with the third one, you know, I'm not saying that it's not a more memorable, you know, movie out of the MCU, but it, if you really want to know more about like Iron Man itself, like, you know, watch the first two and then really watch this one because it, it does help him bring him into that leadership aspect. aspect. There we go. Sorry. Um, into that role because, you know, it really does help later on with the Avengers itself because technically in the third uh, Iron Man, you know, this is after the Avengers. So this is already when they've already formed everything. But so this is like a little, I guess, spinoff of like what he's been doing after, you know, the events of New York. So, again, Iron Man, he's okay in my book. Mm. All right, so we go from Iron Man to we go back to Thor, and Thor has some trouble with a red power stone and some dark elves. The main villain, who I gotta admit is kind of weird looking, needs the power within this red power stone. However, Jane Foster, who is Thor's girlfriend, on Earth, accidentally gets the power of the Red Stone absorbed within her, and Thor must now save her and the Nine Realms from destruction. So, the Red... Is it, is it really a Red Stone? It's a Red Stone. It's uh, the Aether. Yeah, the Aether. Uh, right, the Aether, yeah. So yeah. that one, it basically, it corrupts people. Like, that's, that's kind of what the... I'm trying to remember the, like, what the actual stone does off the top of my head the ether but it's the redstone is i think it's is it power i think it's power yeah so i think what it does is it drives that one's power so whether you're good or evil in that sense like if you're evil it's gonna make you more corrupt than you are but it makes you 10 times stronger than what you are too so that what he was saying the the main villain of of thor yes i i can't remember that elf like the dark elf the the one of the the leader of them like, but he, yes, he is weird looking. He is yeah. kind of. So he, he's different. weird looking and he, he basically, you know, the, the nine realms is, is basically like it's, it's earth. It's a lot of different planets. Right. So you got like. They're nine, they're nine realms. Right. So you got like, you know, I'm trying to think like Vanaheim and Asgard. So if you're like thinking of Norse mythology, you know. Right. You have to think of like, you know, Helheim and, you know. 
Niflheim and uh, there's so many so many Heims yeah. in the you know the yeah. realms here. But so this this dark elf is basically trying to get the power within the stone, and he wants to destroy all of the nine realms so that he can recreate them basically in his own image. So that it's sad, but that's like the Holocaust, like or just basically what Hitler was trying to do. Like, so literally that, and I, I hate saying it like that, but it, that's like almost as close as what you could think of, like in that movie, what he was trying to do. But, you know, Thor, you know, from the first movie, like he's already, you know, worthy of Molnir, right? So he's already like established, like, yes, he's worthy. He's, he's good to go in Odin's eyes, but because this is going on, you know, he needs to make sure that of course, all the nine realms are in, you know, in check and everything else. But, you know, of course, his, his brother Loki, I mean, this dude, I mean, every time he sees every, him. Yeah, every he time always, he turns around, he's always doing something. I mean, and you know, yeah. and it's sad because, like, now granted, I understand, like, in, in like, mythology, Loki is not actually his brother. Like, it's, it's clear as day. Right. Like, they, in, we understand he's a giant. Like, he's, he's some sort of a giant. Um, actually, I think he's a frost giant. He's a frost giant, yeah. Yeah, and, you know... When you look at Loki, I mean, clearly, when you look at him for the first time, he does not look anything like a giant. I mean, it's kind of a weird, different style of him. But anyways, you know, Thor in this movie, from what I can remember, is, you know, basically playing the heroic part. Like, he's, you know, saving his girlfriend. So basically, damsel in distress, you know, doing the heroic thing. But, you know, I do, I believe that Jane Foster, like what you were saying, like, she does get possessed from the stone and it like she goes ape shit sorry excuse my language but like she she gets out of control and you know like he needs to be like okay hey you need to like get back to reality like this isn't you kind yeah. of a thing and they return back to asgard which leads to more of a tragic event with his mother yes and unfortunately uh, who do you think um did that oh i know who did that well who did it it was, uh, I believe, and I, I'm not 100%, but I believe his name was Malekath. Oh, well, I mean, I would say that Loki had some, you know, part of the, you know, piece of it. Well, it, I mean, it was really the Dark Elves who went to Asgard to get the red, no, you, to, to get the, you know, to get the ether to, right. because they knew that she had it and she was in Asgard. Right, but the, the, the issue was, is that, Loki, because his mischievous ways, he makes a deal with them. And that's what he always loves to do. He always likes to make deals, and he always, you know... Well, he was, in pre he was in the prison right? But at the time. True. But what does he always try to do? He always tries to wiggle himself out of any situation that he's in. Which was at the end of the movie. Yes. And, the and we're not going to reveal that. No, 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 no. You'd have to go back and watch it. And if you haven't seen it, you'll have to watch it to find out. But he does do some trickery at the end. Um, but we'll move on. So the next one, we find Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America. My boy. He's still trying to adjust to the modern world. He's now living in D.C. When a S.H.I.E.L.D. A, uh, Shield colleague comes under attack, and he gets caught up in a big conspiracy that threatens the world and puts it at risk. Shocker. I know. I know. It, oh, did you have something else? I do. Okay, uh, Captain ahead. America, 
struggles to expose. Oh, I read, I read that right. He he's basically is trying to expose this big conspiracy while fighting off professional assassins sent to silence him. And he's then forced to turn against his own corrupt government when his old pal Bucky turns up as a brainwashed super soldier. So I'm going to mention this, and I, you can agree with me, man, or not, but my brother always loves to have this debate with me. So he says that Bucky Barnes, okay, because we're going to say it, so Bucky Barnes is now the Winter Soldier, okay? So from watching the first movie to now, you know, basically Hydra fi- finds him, finds his body, and turns him into the Winter Soldier. So basically resurrects him and brainwashes him to be the ultimate assassin. Right. Okay? But the issue was in this movie, because the big part of it was the whole Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier thing, was Steve Rogers was trying to... Yes, help his old buddy, but at the same time, because he's committed so many atrocities and so many like killings of people and everything, that my brother always loves to say he's harboring a fugitive. Because at some point, yes, later on down the road, he does like help him, you know, get him out of his ways and you know helps him to realize who he is. But he always says that to me, and I'm like, you know what? Here's the thing: if you're brainwashed, how do you know what's right from wrong? Okay, because at the at the end of the day, like if you don't know what you're doing, then how are you like, accountable, really? And I mean, you can have that debate, and if you guys you know want to take a look at that, by all means, because I've had this debate, and it and it drives me nuts. But anyways, you know, with Steve Rogers in this movie, it you know for him it it's it's a very conflicting time, right? So again, going back to the first movie, he, you know, realizing that Bucky. Again, at the time, he thought he was dead, and then all of a sudden, he sees him again. So that's kind of a, you know, kind of like PTSD effect, and he's like, oh, crap, what do I do now? You know, and how do I, how do I adjust to the situation? You know, and, you know, realizing that, I'm not going to try to spoil too much, but Hydra, <laughs> unfortunately, I believe it's in this one, that it, basically they've been living in plain sight, right? So... They've been living in plain sight. They have no idea what was really going on until Arnim Zola, or Ar- Arnim Zoloff, sorry. He was the one that has been alive for years. Like, he's been hiding. And, and basically, he explains that to, actually, yeah, both Cap and Black Widow, that they've been living among S.H.I.E.L.D. this entire time. So, and I won't try to spoil it too much, but if you do watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Right TV show, that actually kind of ironically goes into that particular movie, and it actually does help with the transition of things. But you know, realizing that he can't even trust the the Shield agents right. and the Shield government, or the government, right? And so right. it it actually goes against his own beliefs because again, you know, when he was you know fighting in World War Two, like like these were his friends, these were his you know buddies and everything else. Now he's like, well, what? I, I can't even stand up for what I believe in because I don't know who to trust. And so that's why it's the biggest controversy for him at that moment because, you know, at that moment too, actually now I'm thinking about it, Nick Fury, right, the whole, you know, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., he basically has to disband it and basically at some point actually creates a new version of S.H.I.E.L.D., which that's much, much later. But... It's crazy though because when you watch it, it it's a really good, 
you know, movie in itself. I think it, you know, out of majority of the like first kind of phases, it's definitely easily, I would say in the top 10, like it, it's, it's a good one to, to watch so that way you can kind of get a good story from, you know, Cap's perspective and, and understanding how Hydra really does kind of come into play moving forward. Um, but again, hopefully maybe at one point you guys can let me know if Steve Rogers was really harboring a fugitive, uh, sorry, a fugitive, because I disagree with my brother, but let me know. All right. Space adventure. Peter Quill finds himself the object of a bounty hunt after stealing a mysterious orb coveted by a blue alien warrior. Who, of course, has ambitions that threaten the entire universe. Again, shocker. Quill is forced into an uneasy truce with some galaxy misfits. Rocket, a gun-toting talking raccoon. Groot, a tree-looking humanoid that only says, I am Groot. No, I am Groot. The revenge-driven Drax the Destroyer and the deadly assassin Gamora. So, with Guardians of the Galaxy, this is the first time, of course, that they show up. And I know in the comics, they, they really do become a big part of the, the whole Marvel universe as itself. But when you look at Star-Lord, okay, you know, it, I, I don't know if they really go over, like, certain pieces of, like, his, you know, I don't, I would, I don't even know how to say it, but, like, DNA, right? So, like... Unfortunately, I'm not going to try to like go into it too far, but like he, he realizes he's not just human, okay? Because he realizes there's, there's much more to him, and that's what he's trying to figure out at, at some point. But, you know, when he meets Rocket Raccoon, when he meets Groot, you know, Drax the Destroyer, Gamora, you know, and ironically, good old Star-Lord and Gamora, you know, they, uh, they eventually, you know, they start, you know, dating a little bit you know they kind of have a little love interest which is it's just a nice thing you know and they they kind of do that throughout the the movies you'll see um you know and rocket and groot man like groot he cracks me up like and i understand he just says i am groot you know and he and he says that the entire time but it's so unfortunately sad when he has to sacrifice himself to save everyone else around him. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and no, I'm not going to try to spoil it, but no, he's not dead. Okay. He just, and I, and I do understand the sacrifice, you know, when you watch the movie, like, you know, he's, he's doing it to save his friends and I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but take it or leave it. But I actually like the adult Groot much better than I do the baby or the teen or whatever the other the other Groots that we've seen. So I, I actually like the adult version of Groot much better. So you just made a lot of people upset. I'm sure I did, and including our 45 listeners and one percent of our. I'm, I'm sure I did, but I I do like I do like the adult version, and you know what, what's funny is, and John, I don't know if you saw the holiday special. Oh, I did. But I don't know what the heck was wrong with Groot in that special, but he looked like a dude in a suit. 
So he was he was bulky, and it, it was really weird. So what's weird about it is like because that was his version. It, it's like a teenage version. That's where the like where he's at now. He's not even at the adult version. He's at like the the mid. It was like, just angst. really weird looking. Oh, it was like it was like teenage angst. Like that was what he was doing. Because I remember him playing like a little handheld like Game Boy or something. Right. And he was just like it just was different from like the rest of the movies because like you know he was kind of like still thin, still narrow. And then, then in this one, it looked like too many Twinkies. Like I, I don't know, like I don't know what the issue Twinkies. is. But yes, I, I always liked, I always liked the adult version myself. Is the, you know, the baby Groot that you see, you know, dancing in the little pot? Yeah, it's cute. You know, the other versions, they're okay. So but like you have like those versions, and like, you know, him sitting, you know, in in that ship in some of the other, you know, Guardian movies. And, you know, he's like, I am Groot. And they're like, watch your mouth. Like, <laughs> so he doesn't do anything in those movies. No, no, I agree. So the one thing at least we can probably agree on that, yes, the adult version is probably the more, unfortunately, we didn't get enough of him. Right. Right. So we wish we could have seen him more, but at least we understand that, yes, baby Groot is cute. We understand that, that you know, that, you know, lovable piece of it. But, yes, teenage Groot. I don't know what's going on with him. He he's just it's like teenage angst, like I've said, and it's this weird style yeah. of him that I just I don't understand. Personally. His biggest contribution is the handle of of Thor's, you know, Stormbreaker handle. I mean that's true. I mean, well, again, we well, don't want to go too far, but yes, that is yes. true. But I know with I will say this kind of to wrap it up, but like Drax, some of his humor is funny, man. Like some of the dry humor that he does, and yeah, and I do like that because. When you actually look into it, a lot of the, you know, the autism people, and so I'm not mean, saying like, you so know, autistic. not autistic people in general, but people that are, you know, like family members or parents or supporters of, of autistic people yeah. in general, really connect with Drax because yeah. the way that he acts and the way that he interacts with people, um, the not understanding certain jokes and the not understanding like the way people talk with slang. Well, I mean, it, that's where people like connect with because they're like, Oh, my son or my daughter or my, you know, this person does that and they're autistic. So what's, what's also funny about that too, is like, you know, you, you'll meet another character later on, but Mantis, like when she and him like go at it with each other, with the, the banter, yeah. it, it really helps kind of, you know, give that lovable, you know, kind of funny moments with, with both of them. And yeah. that's why, you know, listening to both of them do that, especially like, I think it was on the holiday special when they, like in the very beginning, like that to me was funny. And they, they go to earth for the first time and it was, it was something else. But anyway, it's, it's a funny, you know, and it's funny. Cause like, you know, there's a moment in this movie where, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, it's going to go over your head, you know, you know, or like, some, or yeah, some yeah. comment like that. And he's like, nothing goes over my head. I'll catch it before. I, yeah, and you're like, you know, wait, and, what? And, you, and you're like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's not what I meant. But the only thing I will mention, though, real quick, is is Rocket, right? So in this movie, he, I don't even know how to, like, all he wants to do is blow things up. Like, he doesn't care. He just like, you know what? I'm just going to take on the biggest guy I can, and right. I'm just going to beat the crap out of him. He wants to blow things up, and if you have any sort of tech, he wants to steal it. 
Even if it's like your leg, your arm, or your eyeball. And he and he does all that, actually. Believe it or not, he actually steals <laughs> people's stuff. And it's like, well, okay, well, now we know. What I we think he actually did steal somebody's eyeball, leg, or arm. I thought it was an eyeball. Well, I, he did that, too. Yeah, but I, 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 you're probably right. It was probably either a leg or an arm. And I think he actually uses it to beat people up with. <laughs> I think that's actually what happens. But All right, so before I get into the Avengers, the one little comment I have is, the Guardians have nothing to do with the Avengers. That is true. Yet. Right. That, that's, not, that's not until way later at that point. So, we get Tony and we get Bruce Banner. They attempt to secretly create an AI in order to, and I'm doing air quotes here, save the world. And they use the power within Loki's scepter from the first Avengers, right? Right. So what ends up happening, though, is Tony has these autonomous suits that he basically can send out and can assist them if they go out and they're fighting something. He can send these suits out, and then they come back, and he has this whole automated process where he can fix them and he can you know repair them and and basically do that so this this move you know the avenger movie age of ultron starts with them in this fight and when they return there's a bunch of suits that you know a bunch of these you know autonomous iron man suits are damaged so they all come back in you know they're all sitting down Kind of laughing it up. Well, not the suits, but I you mean the you know, Avengers. The, yeah, yeah the, the Avengers. Like they're they're kind of all like sitting around, you know, they're all trying to like see who can actually lift the Molnir. Right. Um yep. but what was secretly happening before that was, you know, Tony and Bruce were trying to use the power within Loki's scepter to create this AI. And it kept failing, it kept failing, it kept failing. And they basically set their algorithm to just keep running over and over and over and over to keep trying the experiment over and over and over. So while they were all having fun talking and doing whatever they were doing, one of those experiments actually passed. Right. And I know that Jarvis, you know, it's his AI assistant, you know, was talking with what is going to be known as Ultron, you know, they, those two talk in this, like, I don't know, cyber, cyber world, I guess, right. what do you want to call it? And Ultron's like, so he's like saying like humans need to be destroyed, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Like Cause it, Ultron's looking into the internet, you know, he gets into the internet. He's seeing all of these videos of destruction, know, destruction and wars and people killing each other. And, and Jarvis is the, the opposite where he's saying, hey, you know, we understand that humans are not perfect. And we understand that, yes, there are, you know, things that we do, you know, as humans like war and, you know, yeah. genocide and, and of that nature. But like he was saying, there is hope for the humanity of people. And so I was going to uh, actually. I know. still have. I do have more. Uh, and I didn't finish because we went on this little tangent. Okay. But ultimately, Ultron ends up going into one of these Iron Man suits and becomes cyber conscious. And so the Avengers ultimately team up again to take down Ultron, but 
once again, Tony and Bruce attempt to create a new ally. And so Ultron ultimately in this movie is trying to create a vibranium body for himself. Which is at the time the most strongest metal on the planet. Right. And they, you know, the Avengers get the vibranium body. And then they get this brilliant idea of, hey, we can merge Jarvis with this body and he can help us fight Ultron. Which is now known as Vision in this case. Right. But, you know, at the time it was like, really, you guys are going to do this again? You know, so they end up creating what is now what we now know as Vision. And together with Vision, the Avengers go to Sokovia and basically wreck the place. So there's a lot, and I'm going to try to keep this brief as I can. So first off, in the comics, for I know for a fact, this is where the MCU changed this. So in the comics, it's actually Tony Stark and Hank Pym who actually create yes. Ultron, and it's not Bruce Banner. So Hank Pym, granted, we're going to be mentioning him in actually the next uh, little segment here. Um, but anyways, like they actually create him and not, you know, Tony Stark and, you know, Bruce Banner. But anyways, the other big thing is there's two actually superheroes at the time um, that actually come into play as well, which is actually something I think, I can't remember which Easter egg was it that actually brought these two characters to life. Was it in Winter Soldier or was it in... One of the other movies. I, I can't remember. Off the I, I don't remember. But anyways, so it's the Scarlet Witch and you have Quicksilver. Okay. Now in the comics, granted, they are the, the uh, I guess, I guess the son and daughter of Magneto. Right. So granted, at this time, we don't have the X-Men. We don't have the, the universe that is, you know, eventually, well, praying here or hoping. Yeah. And, and I think that they were actually created. Which is what kind of the explanation was. They were they were created, right? They not were, really born from a person, right? And so I know with Quicksilver, so like give a little back, right? So a little backstory. So Quicksilver again, it's it's like the Flash, right? One of the fastest human beings alive. Okay, Scarlet Witch is probably one of the most powerful, you know, magical sorceress, you know, supreme. I, I mean, eventually you'll see what I'm talking about later right. on, but. She de- she's very powerful. She doesn't even know it yet. In this yeah. movie, she's like bare minimum. But later on, oh my god, like and it's bad. I, I don't. And I'll just say it. I mean, th- obviously, yes, this Avengers was was still pretty good for for what it was. Well, there was a lot going on. That's the thing. There there was a lot going on, and it does tell. It does you know push this. This movie is really just a. It pushes the the whole saga forward oh, because the events from the events from this movie affect future things affects pretty much the the other phases you know moving forward but quicksilver really got the raw end of the deal here yes because unfortunately <laughs> he was killed he was introduced in this movie and then killed in this movie and and the problem is is like unfortunately i wish we could have saw like more of him and the yes. the whole thing was is like Scarlet Witch actually got her true powers because of his death. 
which is the sad part. But honestly, it does help the story. It helps the story, but again, like you can't really have another Quicksilver after this, or can you? We'll get into the multiverse thing, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's one, once we hit those phases. So the only other thing I will mention that is a big part of this movie, and it actually affects a lot of the movies, especially moving forward, is the Soviet Accords. Because of that one event, because of that whole destruction of what the Right, Avengers because of done, what happened in this movie, what happened to Sokovia, it, that's what drives the narrative of... Like Civil War that comes out. Like right. everything else that moves forward, that literally drives the, the MCU. And so, you know, I, we can go on about this movie, but honestly, when you see it, I guarantee you it will make a lot more sense. And all these characters, you know, they really drive the story. And I mean, it's actually, now I'm thinking about it, that's actually the last time you also see Bruce Banner for a bit. For a bit, yeah, because he takes off after that. We'll get into that later. We'll get into that. So the last one I have, and this is going to be kind of a quick one, and I do have a thought about about this movie, even though I, I do enjoy this movie. Um, we, we also meet petty criminal Scott Lang, who inherits shrinking technology and learns to talk to ants and becomes Ant-Man. And I will say that my one thought about this movie is, you know, Yes, I do like Paul Rudd. Like I, I'm no. He, he's a, he's a good actor. Yes, but what I would have preferred to see. Oh, okay. Who's your choice? Is Hank Pym? Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would have preferred to actually see, like him, be more involved than some old fogey who becomes a mentor. Well, that was Michael Douglas who played. I understand who played him, but he, he really didn't have a part other than being like the mentor, the, the grumpy mentor. I, the, 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 I get what you're saying, but I think also, you know, and unfortunately with the MCU now, right? Because think about all the new superheroes we have, right? Because Scott Lang, I guess, if you want to say, is the second version of the original Ant-Man, which I guess would be kind of newer comics but not really but like you know that's kind of what the mc was trying to do is like not because i would have loved to seen the original like hank pym like hey let's let's actually see him in action but you know and even some of the other movies later on like he you know he kind of it, it does kind of bring that he that just original back with but. you know within marvel i think you know you look at hank pym and he and tony stark and a lot of other <coughs> of these stories Hank Pym was so much involved with a lot of them. I mean, so you think about it: Tony Stark, Hank Pym, uh, Reed Richards, uh, right? You know, Bruce Banner. Like all, the, like those four alone, literally drove all of the yeah, all of these really smart guys. They drove a lot of the inventions and a lot of the the really the development of like the MCU. Because not going to mention it as much, but like even two of them were a part of the Illuminati. But then you know you only meet him in. This movie, which is phase two. True. And, and you don't get that whole backstory. Uh, you just right. kind of get him like, yeah, he was Ant-Man. You get this from the story from the past. Right, right. Now he's kind of this grumpy guy who, you know, still looking for his wife, doesn't know where his wife is. And that's a different story. And that's kind of all you have. Which, well, so here's the thing that I do like about Scott Lang, right? So, I mean, yes, he's a petty criminal. He, you know, is trying to redeem himself in, in some ways. But 
The one thing about this movie that really I think a lot of people can agree is that it's very humor. It's really humor based because that's yes. kind of it's the comedy relief. And I think I don't. I'm this one to... also didn't have anything to do with the Avengers. No, it didn't. No, it was a separate <laughs> story. And what's right. funny is that you know you meet was it Jane Van Dyne or is that her yeah. name? Right. Yeah. yeah. So the daughter of Hank Pym, and you know. It, it's nice to see how the the like well you'll see later on Ant Man and Wasp is really the the combination between the two. But the one thing I thought was interesting is that they brought in Yellow Jacket, right? So originally with Hank Pym, he does become Yellow Jacket at some point, which is basically his like criminal ego. I don't know, like alter ego kind of a thing. And you know it, what's interesting is like so Hank Pym and even just like Scott Lang, right? They have the same abilities where they can shrink and they can grow, you know, 200 plus feet tall, right? So it, it allows them to kind of be whatever they need to be in that situation, which is nice because, you know, when, they, when he's fighting, a lot of times he's just this small little guy and he's like, you know, punching these guys that, you know, he's like, you know, like little, it'd be a little thing. And then he just like punches the crap out of them and he, they're flying and they're like, well, how did I just get punched? You know, and they don't even know what it is or who's coming yeah. at them. But... Yeah. You know, in this movie, we we start to realize that, you know, Ant-Man, you know, you may not think of it now, even though he is the comedy relief, he does become an important player, especially down the road. You know, it may, it may not seem like it right now, but he does. And I mean, he does, you know, redeem certain things. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I, I would have preferred to see, like, more of a younger Hank Pym more of seeing what he could have helped with as far as like, you know, seeing him in that Avengers age of Ultron, right. Seeing him actually creating and not being at Bruce Banner. No, I agree. I, I mean, I, I agree that if, if we were to go back to the comics, then yes, I would have loved to seen that piece, but I know that the MCU is going to do whatever the heck they want, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, phase phase two really brought into, and we're going to wrap it up pretty soon here, but I think f for phase one, that really kind of introduced some of these characters, right. kind, of, kind of brought you to who they are. Phase two really started telling us the story of where, you know, the Infinity Stones and some of the power that's out there. Right, and I and I know that the other thing too is that it does also bring in like in other important you know members or even characters in the story for future references. So like Ant Man, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, those kinds of people. Because you know, right now you don't know anything about them. You just kind of get the backstory, and that's kind of what the MCU does. Is like they'll introduce people, they'll only give you like a part of a story, right? And then they will introduce them in a bigger you know feature, you know, like. I'm not going to mention it, but, you know, the very last movie in, in, you know, the Infinity Saga. But anyways, I agree that in phase two, it, it, it really helped, you know, define the story. It, it does push the, the saga, right? And it, and it helps kind of drive the story a little bit more. It also motivates everyone else to, to hopefully, you know, become the, the, the actual Avengers that we are going to finally meet yeah. at some point, and including... I know Thanos at the time, like, the, you know, so in phase one, yes, you get to see Thanos a little bit. You occasionally, it's very rare that I think you saw him in phase two. You hear, like, I think you, you hear references of him, and I think Guardians, 
you yes. you do you do see him interacting, but like a lot of phase two is like you see the infinity stones, you know that there's an importance of it because you know it's in you know there are per, you know parts of it in Age of Ultron with the with you know with the the mind stone that's in Vision, right? The you power have stone. it in you have it in Thor. You have it in so multiple movies. There's these power stones, right? And, and you kind of don't know what the impact is. And the very next episode that we do, so episode eight, when we get into phase three, that's really kind of where we're going to start getting into, you'll see more of these. Right. And the one thing I will, it's like an honorable mention. So the one thing I found interesting about Guardians 2, and especially in the very end of the movie, was like when they brought in Cosmo, the, 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 the dog, and then Howard the Duck, right? Two totally random Marvel kind of characters. Howard the Duck, though, I think for years I've been waiting to see if they would ever, like, introduce him into something bigger because he was kind of a, a weird character, but he actually wasn't really as important, but he definitely did give you a lot of comic relief, and it also, he actually knows a lot of superheroes, like, even through the comics. So, like, of course, Guardians... um, I'm pretty sure, like, he, I don't know if he, like, teams up with the Avengers. Like, it, he does all these kind of weird yeah. things, but, you know, I'm just hoping that maybe at some point they'll, you know, introduce him again. But, all, all right, right. Matt, I think this is it. I think that's it. Um, one thing before we kind of do our kind of outro pieces, I did want to read off the movies that were in this phase since we didn't. Yeah, she's right. We didn't earlier. really do that. Um, so the, the phase two movies were Iron Man 3. Thor, The Dark World, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. Again, if you, if you get a chance at some point, and I'll probably just remind people of this too, watch it. You don't necessarily need to watch it in each phase, like, you know, watch each movie in each phase. Actually, watch it in chronological, like what it's supposed to be. Personally, I think that will give you a better story. Yeah, I think Disney Plus, you can actually watch them in, in order because I think they put them automatically in the order. Yeah, and I, and I think personally, if you're just starting to watch that, like honestly, and no, we're just kind of going through only the first two phases, but once hopefully we're done with this series, literally check it out. Like go through the chronological. It's, it's going to be good, but also... Again, it's also going to take you like a few days to yeah. be able to watch all yeah. of them. All right. So, obviously, if you guys are enjoying our episodes, you know, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys are listening to us. You know, follow, like, share, subscribe, whatever, you know, whatever you do on all the different podcasts, because each podcast is different, right? So, you know, like, share, subscribe. Like, we do appreciate you hitting that share button, you know, share it, tag a couple friends, you know, hashtag, you know, geeks from the multiverse or stay geeky, stay geeky or, you know, GFTM 23, like whatever. Like we do appreciate you guys sharing us out. Each episode is going to have links where you can find us. So you'll have, you know, our LinkedIn, which is brand new. Um, our Instagram our Facebook our website, our main podcast site. So, if you guys need to reach out, reach out to us on Facebook. Like, we'd love to hear from you. 
I was going to say Debbie is the one thing. I'm getting there. I'm oh, getting okay. there. My bad. Getting my bad. There. I'm going to step back now. Go ahead. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Just, just telling people about the links. Um, you can go to our website. Our website has, you know, our our latest episode will be on the homepage all the time. So whenever we post a new episode, which will be on Mondays. At 8 o'clock. So 8 a.m. If you go to our website, our well, the latest episode will be there. You can always go to Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. They'll always be there. Um, but you, we do have a, you know, a chat us up form on our website where you can send us a message. Hopefully nothing rude. Okay. Yeah, let's be adults here. You know, send us a real message with a real email so that we can respond to you. Because, again, we still have that challenge out there, right? So we, we want you guys to actually... Like, tell us some ideas. Now, I understand that there are some people out there that have actually come up to me in real life and told me about ideas. I think that's great, and I love the, the, the commentary we have. But seriously, if you message us on Facebook, Instagram, you know, our website, whatever it is, just, again, if we both can see it, then at least now we know, like, what we can talk about. Because yeah. if you tell me, I'm going to forget in two seconds. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I have a terrible memory. So, again... That challenge and then the other yeah. challenges, again, like what Matt was saying about sharing and, and following, like, please go to that random stranger, you know, in that Walmart parking lot or, you know, wherever you go. I mean, Market Basket or just if your friendly neighborhood, you know, guy who's walking his dog down the road, like, be like, hey, man, do you know anything about gig culture? Hey, well, listen to this podcast. Like, seriously, share it because not that we don't appreciate the the 1% of iron or you know Ireland that's li- listening to us we appreciate that but we we want you guys to also maybe go to the UK and start letting them know about it too okay <laughs> but i think Matt i think we're good and i so a couple things oh, okay, cuz i bad. didn't mention my the dubby but we are you know we do have a few things in the works i'm not going to i'm not going to say anything right now but we do have a couple things in the works um, but we did partner with W Energy, and if you don't know what W Energy is, it's you know an energy drink company that makes you know powdered energy. Energy, and you can go to their website, and we have a coupon code that if you enter GFTM twenty three, you will get ten percent off any order. And on their website, they actually do have a sampler pack. That I believe is like 15 bucks. That's actually so not bad. You get a shaker bottle, and I believe you get two sampler packs. So you can get 10% off. Um, I literally just ordered a tub today. So the only question I have though was it is it is like uh zero sugar? Zero sugar, no calories. Okay. Um, it's made for focus and energy. So perfect for gamers or, you know, yes, if you're playing sports and stuff like that, but it's, it's a really good product and, you know, their peach flavor is really good. So like I said before, the, our website has a link to Dubby and every episode will have a link to Dubby and you can put in our coupon code, which will be listed in the description as well. So you guys can go check that out. And now I think we're done, John. Okay. I'm glad we're now done. Stay geeky.